Hi there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Drums Leadership Lessons podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Leptak, and this episode I interviewed Lord Alan Sugar, the founder of Amstrad and the frontman of The Apprentice UK, who through that show has uh, been involved in a digital marketing to claim online, which we talked about, as well as his leadership style, his views on leadership and some of the people in business that he reveres, as well as his use of social media and a certain TV journalist, presenter, uh, Piers Morgan. The sound might be a little bit different to what you're used to as we caught up over the phone uh, due to him having just undergone a knee operation but he's most certainly the Lord Sugar we all know and love very well. So welcome to uh, the Drums Leadership Lessons podcast. So welcome to uh, the Drums Leadership Lessons podcast. This month I speak to business magnate, Amshad founder, media personality, social media superstar, uh, former Tottenham boss, and hire and fighter extraordinaire via The Apprentice on BBC One since 2005, Lord Alan Sugar. Welcome to the Drums Leadership Lessons, Lord Sugar. Yeah, hi. So I always start by asking um, uh, the people I'm speaking to about what the word leadership means to them. So what do you think about when you hear that word? Well, leadership. Uh, I think the the, the 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 key point about leadership is is that the people that you're leading uh, have to admire you. Uh, I don't mean they have to be frightened of you. I think they have to admire you. Now, what I've always said to people, I won't ask you to do anything that I can't do myself. Now, uh, apart from a, apart from a surgeon, of course. Uh, but in business, um, I, I've, I've done everything. So therefore, when I talk to people, I say to them that I've done this, I know how to do it, uh, and so I won't ask you to do anything that I can't do myself. And I think it's important that you gain respect from uh, your employees in that way. And that's what I hope that I have done over the years. Do, do you think of yourself as a leader? Is that something you actually uh, consider at all? Well, I never woke up one Monday morning thinking I'm going to be a leader. I, I said I'm, I'm, I'm going to run a business. Uh, and I started a business, as everybody knows, in a very humble manner uh, on my own um, from uh, the back of a, a minivan. And as the business grew, uh, I started to take on employees. And in that sense, I suppose um, the terminology leader or boss or whatever you want to um, call me, uh, came along. Uh, so where, where, where do you think you've learned or developed along the way? I mean, you've had so much experience. Where, where, where have been the, the leadership lessons? Where have they come from? Well, I, I admire... Um, I'm, one of my early um, people that I admired was Lord Weinstock, uh, the late Lord Weinstock of GEC, uh, he was a great um, leader in the industry. Um, and um, Rupert Murdoch, I think, is another person that I admire tremendously, uh, simply because he's, he's got a lot of balls uh, when he goes into things. He goes in, in, in full blast. So I try to use the ethos of, the, of those people also. So, you know, um, and learning, you, you learn as you go along. You know, one of the things that, that I learn about is that some of the employees that I have, 
uh, as the business grows and gets bigger, unfortunately, some of them, um, how can I put it nicely, uh, get out of their depth. And then there's an art in making sure that you don't just dispose of people and say, I've finished with you, finding them another role that uh, does suit them. And, and, and then you bring in someone that can pick up uh, after that. So I think there's a skill in that also in handling people and dealing with people. From all the companies that you've been involved in, do you, do you get the impression that can anyone be a leader or is there a certain type of person? What does it take? Well, I don't think anyone can be a leader. No, it's clearly not. I think it takes. I mean, I mean, it depends where you where, where leadership starts. If it starts as a, a you know, in a business, uh, someone has to be an entrepreneur. Someone has to be able to run a business and understand a business, and someone has to deal with with uh, with people. And I think that is uh, dealing with people is uh, is a skill. So I don't think it's something that you can just, you know, it's something that you learn how to do. Um, as time goes by, and in my case, as the business got bigger. And do do you pass on advice, or is that something that you just uh, allow people to learn and develop? Every day, every single day, every single day. My famous, my famous, my famous words are to young people, particularly those young people like Mark Wright of Climb Online, uh, Susan Ma of Tropic uh, uh, Skincare, uh, Ricky Martin of HRS, uh, and uh, Dr. Leah is. I'm here to tell you what not to do, okay? You're, you know what to do in your business, but I'll tell you what not to do. When I see a red rag coming, uh, I've been there, done it, seen it, and I can see something, a, a disaster on the horizon. So I'm here to tell you what you shouldn't be doing. Is there a common leadership uh, mistake that you've seen over the years that probably everyone falls into that you would suggest just avoid this straight out? Well, I think that some people that have uh, started a business um, and employed a few people um, tend to, um, there are a few people that make serious mistakes of sitting back and thinking, that's it, I've done it, uh, and uh, try to um, enjoy a higher life uh, than they would normally accustomed to be accustomed to. Uh, and in fact, that could be very dangerous because they haven't done it yet. They may have built something up may have a load of employees and they may have a lot of people calling them boss and all that stuff but they haven't done it yet and I think it's a keep keep your feet on the ground and be realistic you are still the same bloke that came from the council flats uh, you are not um, you know you, you, you are not Lord Rothschild or anything like that yet and for, for yourself, I'm very curious, when uh, your use of social media is um, it's renowned and obviously you, you like to have a bit of a spat when it comes to uh, taking uh, uh, ribbing uh, Piers Morgan. How, do you, how does yeah. the use of social media being so out there help you as a leader? I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll tell you why. Um, I'm 72 years old, going to be 73 in March, and most of my business life... Um, has been um, being angry and annoyed with the printed media, okay, who, bless them, get their stories wrong. Um, in the case of, um, uh, for example, the Daily Mail, they are my enemy as far as I'm concerned. And uh, 
Great Ormond Street Hospital is delighted uh, that they're my enemy because they have had hundreds of thousands of pounds uh, from me, which has come from the Daily Mail, by giving them a bit of stick or taking them to court. Now, the point is, with social media, I've now got five million followers, and uh, when some idiot in a newspaper writes garbage about me, I go out of my way to find out that person's handle uh, on Twitter or their email address, and I give it back to them in spades, right? Um, and so since that's happened, since that's happened, and this has been going on now for the last you know, few years, they leave me alone because they know I've got a voice of my own. I mean, I've got five million followers. I'm not sure they're all live uh, at the time. But uh, the circulation of some of these newspapers, you know, I've really dropped low now. Uh, and I'm actually more powerful than them. So that's why I love it. And uh, honestly speaking, uh, I also have to also say that, you know, when I get my apprentice winners, um, you know, I, I do help to publicize and, uh, their businesses to try to help them along. Um, and uh, to promote them, um, and yeah, um, I, I don't feel I, I don't feel any shame in doing that. I do use it to promote uh, their businesses. Um, yeah, and so that's it. I love it. And as far as Morgan is concerned, that's wonderful. I keep, keep beating him up all the time. I think at the moment I'm winning, uh, although he will deny it. But I think most of my followers kind of agree with everything I say about him. Although he is, he is actually a mate of mine, but uh, we do have a, we, we, we're like frenemies, really. And you mentioned Claim Online, and I'm, I'm curious about how is that business going? It's been going for a few years now. Um, for you to get into digital advertising, what, what, what inspired you to, to uh, really back that business, and where is it now? Well, first of all, uh, Mark Wright was a winner, an outright winner, and a clear winner of The Apprentice in the year that he was in it, Okay. Um, and interestingly enough, in the final episode, uh, when he had to do a presentation uh, to people in the industry, sitting next to me was the then managing director of Google UK, listening to Mark. And the guy said to me, if you don't employ him, I will, right? Um, and I thought to myself, right, well, there you go, straight from the horse's mouth. Um, and you know, I have spent hundreds of millions of pounds advertising in my lifetime in Amstrad days, um, in Vigeland days on computers, on televisions, on video machines and, and all that type of stuff. So, you know, talk about writing checks. I, I write checkbooks, uh, not a book. I can write, I've written checkbooks on, on uh, advertising. And what fascinates me now uh, is the way that advertising has changed and social media and things like Google and um, uh, Instagram and um, Facebook and all that type of stuff have really taken a big share of the advertising money away from the traditional newsprint uh, and TV. Newsprint, we can see, is going down the drain uh, bit by bit uh, because basically everything that you want to hear about news-wise is uh, on your mobile phone within seconds of it happening. Um, so that's why that's going. And what's the point of advertising in a national newspaper when you can get to millions of people 
using digital marketing by profiling uh, the exact client that you're after. So I think it's fantastic. And, you know, um, uh, it's one of the things, one of the phenomena that I've seen in my business lifetime. What do you, what do you um, Mark, hope to achieve with Flame Online then? What's, what is the ambition? Well, we, we're growing all the time. Um, the agency is uh, about to market six year and specialize in, in uh, scaling up brands through digital marketing uh, with key clients like TikTok uh, social, on, on the social media platforms. Uh, we've got a new client, Maris in, in, Interiors, uh, BYS Insurance, um, Emirates Cruising and all that. We have to convince the big brands that we are a boutique-type organization that will give you personal, um, you know, personal attention. And whereas the giant advertising agencies have got them, their own digital marketing divisions now, they are what they are. They are very giant, giant companies, and every time they open their mouth um, or, or, or do something on behalf of a client, there's you know, a bill coming with several zeros after it. So we're coming in at a slightly lower level than that to help people get their objectives, and we've got a very personalized group of people to allow them to do it. One of our problems, uh, to be honest with you, is, is, is the staff. We can't get in it. We, we need a more and more staff, more and more experts uh, to get the, um, uh, particularly on the, uh, you know, coding side and, and software side. Um, and the trouble is, is that, you know, companies like Google or Microsoft, uh, they, they create such an environment uh, for people to work in. I often wonder uh, if I was, a, if I was a, an employee of Google, is, uh, who actually knows I'm in work at the moment, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, is there a boss there that I report to? How do you, how do you gauge what work I've been doing, uh, and that is a kind of a, an atmosphere which you can understand why it attracts a lot of people. All I would say is, is that we're out there recruiting, and ours is a very, uh, you know, if you want to be thanked for doing your work, if you want to see some actual results from your work directly, then come and work for us, because... You know, there's a lot of satisfaction in that rather than being a great big, a little cog in a giant wheel where you don't really know whether your work is actually doing anything. Yeah, the, the, the talent shortage in the UK is, I mean, it's, it's well known, but also just so competitive as well. So how, how do you, do you personally try and get involved when it comes to trying to find new individuals to join the business? I don't, I don't personally get involved. I leave that to Mark, obviously. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for this, you know, uh, interview today that uh, if you can get the message out there that there's a difference in working in crime online as I say there's, you know I've employed people all of my lifetime all my engineers in, 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 uh, in Amstrad right they could have gone and worked for Sony, they could have gone and worked for Philips, they could have gone and worked for Panasonic. Mm -hmm. They worked for me and you know why they worked for me because I never forget some of my boys said I was out on Saturday and I went to Dixon's and I saw the product in the window and I said to my wife, that's my product, I designed that, I designed that cabinet and, you know, and all that and that is the kind of um, uh, ethos that, that we try to instill and climb online that um, when someone's helping the Emirates, for example, the person can see their adverts and say, I did that, I did that for them. Mm -hmm.
And what sort of a, a leader do you think Mark is developing into under your tutorship? Well, he's learning. He's learning. <laughs> I mean, as I said earlier on, I, I, I did mention earlier on that there's the danger of uh, someone going off the rails and... Uh, uh, thinking that he's, uh, he's arrived, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, I, I don't feel guilty in, in saying to you that I'm giving him a slap now and again, uh, just to bring him back down to earth again, and saying, look, come on, you know, focus on the business, and you know, uh, you know, just just refocus on who you are, and I think that's healthy sometimes, and I do it with all of them. It's not just him. Uh, some of them get a bit carried away with illusions of grandeur. And they get a slapping from me occasionally, <laughs> like a father. Yeah. What, what do you mean by a slapping? Then what? what well, uh, what I, I won't go into details, but I won't go into details. But you know, you know what I mean. So I, I saw yeah. you doing this. I saw you doing that the other day. What do you think you're doing? You're wasting your time mm-hmm. doing this. You're wasting your time doing that. Don't waste any money on this thing. Don't waste any money on that thing. Just get on with the focus on your main business. Mm-hmm. I understand. So um, the team at the drum, we were all talking for, uh, before uh, this call, and um, we were wondering, uh, I had to take this opportunity to ask, what has been your favourite advertising challenge on The Apprentice over the years? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? You caught me off guard there because <laughs> there was so many, so many good ones. Honestly, you really caught me off guard there. Go, carry on, ask me a few more questions, and I'll be thinking in the background. There have been a lot of uh, uh, ones. I'm just, I just don't want to... Sp- uh, come up with one that I haven't. That wasn't my favourite. Okay, we'll come back um, to that last then. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if there was one leadership lesson that you wish you knew at the start of your career that you know, know now, what would that lesson be that you would tell yourself? Well, I think in my case, I think investment in uh, more engineering uh, in the 80s, um, and um, by trying to run the business in a knife and fork method well, um, were, uh, actually came back and blew us, uh, blew us up a little bit uh, in the computer business. We didn't have enough experts and I didn't invest enough in, in, in experts. So I now know that you have to invest in experts uh, in the field, in any business that we're in. Mm-hmm. I'm curious actually because, I mean, you started the business, you, you brought it up and you must have been working full on the whole time did you have any time or did you at any point take any sort of management training or was that something that you just no, kind of had no. to learn as you went management training i went to the i went to the university of life my friend yes you know, that's the management training it's as simple as that um i mean i i'm not kind of um i'm not trying to um you know, degrade all these business schools and things like that, but you can't learn it uh, out of a book. You can't go and buy a bottle of entrepreneur juice <laughs> or in Boots or buy a book in WH Smith, How to Be an Entrepreneur, despite the fact that there are loads of books on sale by people who claim to be entrepreneurs telling others how to be on. It's, it's an instinct that's inside you, uh, and it's something that will come out uh, uh, in, inside of you. Yeah, I mean, as you say, that experience is invaluable, but you really need to learn from from every experience, I guess, when you're building exactly, a business. Exactly, exactly. I mean, one of, my, my, one of the things that people ask me, and I do a lot of speaking to universities and colleges and, and young people, they say, you know, what business should I go into? And I think to myself, you know, I'll, if you, I'll come out there and I'll slap you if you say that, if you ask me that question. That is ridiculous because... Mm-hmm. 
you have to go into a business that A, you know something about, or B, that you've had some experience in. You can't just wake up one Monday morning and say, you know what, I think I'm going to start an airline, because Richard Branson did. Mm. Um, you know, he's a phenomenon. Uh, you have to... So I always say to people, what job, what, what do you do? What do you enjoy? Uh, and whatever industry you're in, that's the one that you need to um, kind of... Um, go into if you want to start your own business go and work for someone first of all pick up the threads uh, and learn what's going on and then take the leap and take the leap while you're young uh, perhaps you can still be married perhaps don't have kids yet uh, don't uh, you know but be careful you've got mortgages and things like that around your neck um, and take the leap while you're young and in current times, everyone's, there's a lot of uncertainty and that affects a lot of businesses right now. What advice would you give to any business leaders right now? I'll take no, no, take no, I'll just take no bloody notice of it, all this Brexit <laughs> rubbish. And I, I'm not doing this and I'm not going to do that because I'm worried about Brexit. It's all a load of cobblers, right? There's nothing to worry about at all. You live in England and, you know, get on with whatever you're doing. Don't use it as an excuse. It makes me, it really infuriates me that the amount of excuses that are going on at the moment in various aspects of business where things are going wrong and they say, well, it's the uncertainty of Brexit. Mm. It's a load of rubbish, total rubbish. Unless you're uh, a farmer uh, exporting eggs or, 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 or milk, yeah, fair enough, there's a bit of uncertainty there. But if you're in the digital marketing business or if you're in the um, uh, airline business or if you're in the, you know, a yachting business, I say it's got nothing at all to do with it, and I'm sick and tired of people using it as excuses. Yeah. We will sort ourselves out whatever's going to happen. Yeah, well, that's it. If we don't carry on and try and be bold, then it will not be a positive outcome. So uh, I quite agree with that's you. That's right. Um, yeah. so, so to come back to the apprentice question, um, do, you, do you know? Well, I, I can't remember uh, advertising. Let's see. There's there's been um, oh. I mean, we've done so many of them. Yeah. The, I, I, I really... <laughs> I remember we did one on tissues, which was quite good, uh, where you had to come up with a new brand of tissues. Mm. We did one on, on uh, cleaning fluids, you know, like things you clean the house with, mm. uh, um, which was very, very good. Uh, they're, they're, they're all good, you know. They're, they're yeah. all quite good. The airline one was another one where you, you, you became a, uh, trying to sell private private uh, flights on private planes that was hilarious that was in series two um a guy sitting in the in the chair in 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 the airplane was um you know doing something very funny um so yeah i think i think that one is is got to be the best one so obviously in the u.s uh the former um boss of the apprentice is now a leader of the free world have you got any yeah. political aspirations to follow in his footsteps perhaps no absolutely not i mean i'm a member of the house of lords that's about as far as i go uh, as politics is concerned and uh, no definitely not and in this country you can't do what you can do in america anybody could be the president uh, in america in england uh, the Prime Minister has to be somebody appointed by the, their political party mm. and has to start off by being a member of Parliament anyway. Um, and uh, a Lord can't be a Prime Minister. Not that I want to be one. Would you have any leadership advice for uh, Mr Trump? Him? Yeah. No, I don't think you, you... No one can give Donald Trump any advice. 
Um, he likes to dish out advice himself. I think mm. if I had to give him some advice, I would just say to him, shut up sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, just don't talk so much and just get on with what you want to do and just don't talk so much. He talks himself into trouble. Mm. I think you're right. I don't think that's advice he, he would listen to at all. No, he doesn't. He clearly doesn't listen to his advisors. He just shoots off, you know, shoots his mouth off and doesn't think about the consequences. And more to the point, he forgets what he said sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, probably a good leader is somebody that would listen to the people around him. Is that something that do you, you obviously take advice in the show? Is that something that you do every day? Take advice from what, sorry? Um, from uh, people around you, from uh, the leaders? Yeah, of course. Um, of course, I have people around me that have got as much experience as me. So, mm -hmm. you know, I bounce things off of them before, I, before we make any statements or before we do anything, obviously. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'm not an autocrat. Um, I, obviously, mm -hmm. I haven't got where I am today by just um, not listening to other people. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for your time. And it's been wonderful to speak to you, especially about your experience uh, when it comes to leadership. What's your no, good. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.